0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you, Lou and Mike, for for what you shared so far this morning and everyone else as well has contributed. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, our time of worship together this morning, just glorifying God and just being reminded that actually. I think wherever, whatever we're doing, wherever we are, actually, we can do it in God's light. We can be, have his light shining in us and through us. We are now children of light to bring God's light to the world. And what, what a joy that is. And that just ties in so well with um, what God's put on my heart for us this morning. So as Mike's already said, this is the last in our series and month of, of prayer. So every week we've had a theme or a focus. So the introduction, we were specifically delving into a bit more about fasting. Actually, what does that mean, biblically? Uh, and laying a foundation for us for that as we then started our month of prayer the next week. And so we've looked at a few different themes. We started off looking at church and family. Uh, We looked at Thanksgiving and presents. We've also looked at the nation as a whole, praying for the nation, praying for our neighbours. And Neil did an excellent job there, didn't he? Just actually reminding us that actually our neighbours aren't just those who are physically next to us, but our neighbours are everyone who we come across uh, and that's he's really praying for their salvation, trusting God that he will move through our prayers and bring people uh, into his kingdom. Um, and then this, this week, I've, I've titled it um, Rhythms of Prayer. And we made it, I think, very clear as, as an eldership team from the start of this series uh, and moving forwards that we really feel that God's put, put upon us a call to grow in our prayer culture as a church. Um, so that's growing in our corporate prayer how we pray together but we also recognize that part of that is going to be our individual prayer lives as well and our our walk with god and and we'll, and we quite a i guess a general um understanding of the term prayer to be actually communion with god that actually we want we want to be communion with god as we move forwards and and we're very much aware that Culture doesn't happen overnight. If God's speaking to us about growing our prayer culture, actually this is something that c- happens over time, isn't it? A culture, um, I mean, one definition that I, I came across is patterns or perceptions of values and behaviour shared by a group of people. So actually, if God's wanting us to develop and grow our prayer culture, it, it should, should be at the point, I think, where further down the line, when people come into our church who don't know us, that they would actually say actually there's something that this that this group of people hold hold dearly and do a lot and is interwoven all they do is prayer and prayer prayer is central so so how do we grow in this well firstly I just really think actually God's I feel God's hand of affirmation us message of church and as I've been reflecting upon the last uh last few weeks we've been praying uh praying together Uh, in fact even just the prayer meeting during the week on Wednesday just hearing different people praying just blew my heart away I love hearing uh people pray and their hearts pouring out to God and I just really felt god a sense of God saying you've you've done well you've re- you've responded to my call to to grow in prayer to give yourself to fasting and it, it kind of reminds me a bit of how in letters um you often see the apostle Paul he'll say something like well done for your faith, well done for your ministry, well done for your love, you're doing so well, but I continue to pray that you will grow more and more in these things. And I just felt God saying, well done, you're doing really well, I commend you for what you're doing, but there's more and more to grow in. Uh, And so this morning, I just want to look at actually laying that foundation for how we move forward. It's not going to be a time of, um, I'm not going to delve too much into Practicalities that could almost be seen as quick fixes as to to put into our prayer lives or like different praying regimes or things like that. Not like going to the gym. I'm not a gym instructor, but what I really actually felt God say was that there's some foundational things that He wants to speak into us um, today, and so I'm really excited about that. Uh, as I was preparing for this morning, I really felt God draw me to the Book of Colossians, uh, and as I read through it a couple of times, I was just struck again by how Christ exalting that book is like you don't have like there are whole sections of it we could just actually use as creeds at church which are just declaring the wonders the glories of Christ and what he has done for us and who we are in him Uh, and something really specifically uh, stuck out to me as I was reading that I just really feel God wants it to be our starting place if you turn to Colossians 2 uh, verse 19 we'll read from there in a moment um and so just, just to give a little bit of context, so uh, Epaphras, um, we believe, uh, was from Colossae and he heard Paul preaching somewhere else and came back and started sharing the gospel there and that was the establishment of the Colossian church. Uh, and it's come to Paul's attention now that it would appear that there may be a teacher or a faction within the church that are... Sharing dangerous teachings. Now, the Bible does not make it clear exactly what these are, um, but it would appear that it could be things like encouraging them to practice certain rituals or certain rites as protection against evil spirits. Uh, and some of what's shared would almost it's almost as if some, someone's claiming they've had this super natural encounter with God, and they've seen and God's revealed things to them and now you need to listen to me as I show you these are the things that God's really saying we need to be doing and it is going above and beyond scripture it's actually some of the things that the person is sharing and saying about his uh, uh, encounter would actually tend more towards what you'd get in a pagan temple uh, and what they talk about there so Paul is writing into this and so and this is Paul's, Paul's response is it's basically hold firmly to Christ so, as I say, this is from verse 19 Oh, sorry, verse 18 says this. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from the whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God's. As I say, this, this really struck me as I read this. And there is a need for us to continually hold fast to Christ. Christ is the head of the body, the head of the church. And actually, as th- this passage says, that as we hold fast to him, there's a unity that this brings in the church, there's a guard it brings against false teaching, there's a protection it brings, it brings nourishment. But also, and this really struck me, it brings a growth that is from God. And I just feel that as God's calling us to grow in prayer, actually, we could very easily sit down and come up with different patterns, regimes, ways of doing this. But actually, I feel like God's saying, "Actually, no, it's from a place of grace that you're growing this. So there and we'll come to it a bit later, there are things that we need to be doing to be put in place, to be growing. I feel like God's actually saying, hold firm to Christ. And I will bring the growth. It reminds me a little bit of um, when Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brought the growth. And he's saying, look, we're both both Apollos and I servants of God. Actually, so you, you don't it's not like you're following Paul or you're following Apollos. It's not about us. We're both servants of God. God called us to do things, which is very important. And they did it. But it's God who brought the growth. I just feel like actually God wants us to be aware that as we hold firm to Christ, as we hold firm to gospel truth, as we make that our center point, the center of our lives, God will bring the growth. Um, so, as I say, this is not only a, a guard for us and not only brings nourishment for us, but actually, God wants to bring growth to us and we want it to be His growth because that's the kind of growth that's going to bring eternal fruit. Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 28. Him, so he's saying, Christ, we proclaim. Christ, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. Once again, here there's this recognition between Paul saying that I'm struggling, I'm toiling, but it's through God's power. It's not in my own strength. I'm giving myself to people growing in maturity in Christ. But it's in God's power and strength that is at work within me. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, which, as uh, Ephesians so clearly tells us, is the same power that is at work in us. So Paul's answer for people growing in maturity in Christ is, I preach Christ to you. It's it's only in Christ that there is true salvation. It's only in Christ where there is true freedom. It's only in Christ, by him being the focus, that we can grow in our Christian maturity. And it's through holding fast to him that we are guarded against error, that we are nourished. All things were created through Christ and for Christ. He is all and in all. When we start to see this, and we understand that through the cross, Jesus defeated and disarmed the rulers and the authorities, of this dark world and has put them to open shame by triumphing over them. It stirs our affections. It causes us to pray. As we hold firm to Christ and we see what he has done for us, that's actually a catalyst in our prayer life. It fuels our prayer life. If we truly see the victory that he won upon the cross and the freedom that is in him, that causes us to pray. As we see the darkness around us and that God wants him to bring his. His kingdom in it talks about doesn't it that God is patient towards us he's not slow to move but he's patient so that many so that many may come to know him and I just I just feel like God's God's stirring us that, that actually our, our priority as we we look to grow in prayer still needs to be holding fast to Christ looking to him proclaiming Christ's And as we do that, there will be a growth that comes from him that naturally overflows of our prayer life because our prayer life is communion with God. So the more we hold fast to him, the more we see the truth of the gospel, the more we will pray, the more we will worship and the more we will seek his kingdom to come in the world around us. And even as Mike was sharing earlier about Christ, Jesus was moved by compassion. Actually, the more we hold fast to Christ, the more we will be moved by that same compassion for the world around us. So we want to look, and we want to, we want to see healing, and we want to see freedom come in our broken worlds. And the the, the only way that the primary way there, yeah, the primary way that we see this is through prayer. It's through bringing God's kingdom coming, but it's by keeping Christ at the centre. He is the answer to everything. So our first step in growing in prayer is to hold firmly to Christ. Keep him at the centre. And to be honest, if that's all you hear this morning and that's all you respond to this morning, I think we'll be in a good place. But secondly, I really feel that, that there is obviously a proactive element, isn't there? Like coming back to where Paul said, I sowed the seed, Apollos watered, God brought the growth. Actually, they, they had a part to play. And actually, there is, some, there is a part where we need to take responsibility in our prayer life. And part of that responsibility is actually taking hold of Christ. Um, but there, there were to be rhythms of prayer within our life. I'm just going to read now from Colossians 4, verse 2. It says this, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving at the same time pray also for us that's Paul saying pray for me for Timothy for Epaphras that God may open to us a door for the words to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak so continue steadfastly in prayer Uh, the new American that's ESV the new American standard bible translates that as devote yourselves to prayer in um Paul uses the same Greek wording in Acts sorry Luke uses the same Greek wording as Paul in Acts 1 verse 14 so this is the after the ascension of Jesus while his disciples are waiting in Jerusalem says this these are all with one mind we're, were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So we've got continue steadfastly in prayer. The same Greek can mean devote yourselves continually to prayer. Again in Acts 2 42, it says this: they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles. Later on, um, the apostles say, let, let, Let's get godly men to make sure that the widows are looked after so that we can devote ourselves to prayer and to the to preaching of the word. So prayer is taking high priority. So five out of ten times in the New Testament that um, this word that can be translated um, devotion or continue steadfastly in persistently in is used in reference to prayer. So there's a really strong New New Testament emphasis uh, in the church on actually being devoted to prayer, continuing in prayer, being steadfast in prayer. And one Thessalonians five actually uses. A different words but it says rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you so often we want to know God, God what is your will for my life Lord what are you calling me to just before in the book of Thessalonians it says um, God's will is that we grow in holiness that we grow in our sanctification so God wants us to grow in our holiness. He calls us to be holy as He is holy. But also here, God is saying, "My will is that that you pray." And we see that works in the life of Jesus, don't we? Jesus often would take himself off to, uh, it says, to the wilderness or, or slip away from the crowd. I mean, if I was, if a massive crowd came up to me and wanted to hear the gospel proclaimed to them, uh, I don't know that I would then. Want to slip away uh, and then so just to pray. Like you, you do you get what I mean? Like God's God's priorities, Jesus' priorities were in a different place. He saw the importance of prayer. He he didn't get carried away with preaching to people. He didn't get carried away thinking actually the primary way that the kingdom comes is through preaching. Don't get me wrong, preaching is so important. And we've seen Paul saying, I proclaim Christ, that's how you grow. But actually, there's a real Jesus saying that there was something vital about prayer there's something in Jesus' prayer life that shows his devotion to prayer and there's a reason for that so when we're looking at what's it mean to be devoted to prayer and what's it mean to to pray without ceasing uh, I think it's really important that we remain sober that that doesn't mean we go and shut ourselves off in a room for 24 7 uh, and just continually uh, pray on our knees I think John Piper commenting on this actually is really helpful he says this It does not mean that prayer is all you do. Any more than being devoted to a wife means all the husband does is hang out with his wife. Alex would probably find that annoying, actually. Um, But his devotion to her affects everything in his life and causes him to give himself to her in many different ways. So just read that again. So it does not mean that prayer is all that we do. Any more than being devoted to a wife means that all that husband does is hang out with her. But his devotion to her affects everything in his life and causes him to give himself to her in many different ways. So being devoted to prayer doesn't mean that all you do is pray, but it means that there will be a pattern of praying that looks like devotion to prayer. So I think that's really helpful there, what Piper is saying, that actually there should be something in our lives in the way that we pray that looks like devotion we're all different i think that that analogy of the body of christ being the head uh, and us being the body is really really helpful where we're all different members of the body we all have different functions different giftings we all god speaks to us in different ways like jill was saying this morning god speaks to me always it seems like in really strange ways but but god speaks to us in different ways um but also in similar ways like through we know that the primary way god speaks to us is through his words um and we we need to be aware that actually our prayer lives will look different to each other okay and that's that's okay that's good that's that's healthy but there should be something about the pattern of our prayer life that looks like devotion i think this is where we need to be intentional um I think an example that I find helpful is talk- talking about guitar. So for me personally, I always want to express, be able to express myself more on guitar. But if I don't give deliberate time, if I don't devote time to actually growing in that, I don't, I won't actually, I don't get better at it. Okay, that's, there, there needs to be, I can, play, I can play guitar all the time, but if I'm not doing the right things on it, I won't grow. Okay, and actually, our walks with God, we want to be a people that are communing with God all the time throughout life. We want to be people that are, are praying throughout the day, engaging with God in everything that we do. But actually, I think we're missing out on something if we don't have that time where we sit down, or it doesn't need to be down, but where we shut ourselves up, where we have time specifically with God's communion in prayer, not with the distractions of life going on around us. I remember when I was living in Coventry. Um, I don't think I've told you this before. Um, I had several different nicknames from people when I was in Coventry, some of them revolving around guitar. Um, but in uh, the church I was in in Coventry, people used to call me McPray. Probably partly because it rhymes with they, pray, they. But um, there was something about my about what they saw in the way I prayed that that caused them to, to, to refer to, in fact, if you refer to Pete, sometimes people would clarify who they were talking about by saying Pete McPray. There were people noted that sometimes the way I prayed had the, had the potential to change the dynamic of a prayer meeting. There was, people saw my public prayer life. Okay. So they saw me at prayer meetings. They saw me during the church meeting, but there was something that they saw that caused them to recognize there was something about prayer in my life or there was something about prayer in my life at that time. And I think what they were seeing was actually birthed out of some difficult times and situations that I went through. And my response to that was to push him to God. My response to that was to seek him more. My response to that was to worship him more, to spend more time in his word and more time praying. And actually that affected my prayer life. And I think there is something about our intentionality, that actually we need to be intentional in giving ourselves to growing in prayer. And it's not, it's not easy, it's not easy for any of us. Um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who many people recognize, uh, who knew him of having, they would say, would have an amazing prayer life. They would say they want to pray like him, they want to commune with God, commune with God like him uh he if i remember correctly he he wouldn't write on prayer because he was like i don't know what i'm doing i'm i, I i'm not good at it i, I can't talk it's such a holy subject i can't write on it it's beyond me because do not let the fact that you struggle with prayer disqualify you because prayer is difficult it is challenging don't get me wrong i, I have times where where i find it easier uh and it flows more and actually i, I often find prayer meeting like when we pray together hearing other people pray is really useful and really beneficial but but it there, there is something in it where there is sacrifice where actually we're actually we're having to give ourselves to it and it, it, it can be difficult and it can be challenging and I just I just feel God, God would say are, are we steadfast in prayer and I think actually for, for many of us the answer might be actually we, we do have a rhythm of devotion maybe a prayer in our lives but but I feel God would say there is more there is more and for some of us we might feel like oh, I don't I don't anywhere near pray enough in fact we might all feel that I think we probably will always all feel that we don't pray enough uh, I love the fact I think it was um Martin Luther I think often we can let busyness be get in the way of our prayer lives and Martin Luther said that I'm so so busy that I'm gonna I need to start the day with three hours of prayer like, before I even get on with anything, because I, I just won't get things done otherwise. Like, he, he recognised that actually prayer was of vital importance, that prayer was the, pri- the priority. And actually, by God's grace, as people seek first his kingdom, as the Bible promises, God then helps us get through in the things in everyday life that we need help to get through with. God is faithful, but he calls us to seek first his kingdom So I say we're all different. Uh, and it's so important that we do commune with God throughout the day and five quick prayers. But Jesus does teach us when he teaches us to pray, when he teaches us our father who art in heaven. He says that when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So there, be, let, let that stir your hearts to prayer as well. There is reward for it actually in in finding time to pray with god god will reward you and it's going to be a good reward because god is a good father he loves you and he gives good gifts to you but but also there's this element isn't there of shutting shutting ourselves off and we we see that with jesus in luke 5 16 it says but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray we, like I said, there's other times where in the Bible it says that he's, he would slip away from the crowd to pray. There were times where Jesus prayed all night. I think if we were to examine the life of Jesus, we would conclude that he was devoted to prayer. And then we see in the, the New Testament, we see in the book of Acts, that actually that's not just to be a, an individualistic thing, but actually the church were corporately devoted to prayer together. And the two go together. Our individual prayer lives will affect our corporate prayer lives and our corporate prayer lives will affect our individual prayer lives. And I think actually. Part of our rhythm for prayer, part of those specific time set aside for prayer can can be and should be time together praying. Whether it's at a church prayer meeting, whether it's just going for, I went for a prayer walk with someone the other day, whether it's just going for a prayer walk with someone, whether it's. Um, it can, it can be anything really, but I, I think that there is, a, there is an important call for us to be looking at how, how do we grow in prayer? It's not easy, but actually as we hold fast to him, as we hold fast to Christ, he will bring the growth. He is faithful. God is not going to call us to do something that he doesn't give us the grace and the strength to do. So we want to see Fabersham impacted by his kingdom. God's, God's faithful. If he's calling us to that, he will give us all we need for that. If God's calling us to live holy lives, it says that by his divine power, he gives us all we need for life and godliness. God, the same power, that's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, is at work in us. And he is calling us to grow in prayer. And he is with us in this. He wants us to grow in being deeper with him. And it's a challenge and it's difficult, but actually let your faith be stirred because God is speaking and it says doesn't it that actually it's through hearing the testimony of Christ Jesus that faith comes so actually by holding fast to Christ by seeing Christ it will build our faith for praying and for seeing his kingdom coming I think if we're to grow in prayer we we do we do need to be deliberate in it I think it's like I say, I, I think that it's something we need to give time to. It's something we need to need to work out. And I'm not going to spend time this morning actually really giving examples of how to do that. I didn't feel that was what God put on my heart. But I encourage you in growth groups to have those conversations. Both, uh, I know Mike, myself, Sam, if you want to talk to us about how you, how you find your prayer life or rhythms of prayer, or you want help, or you want someone to pray with, we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, and I I think actually I wouldn't be surprised if over time we actually start almost doing prayer buddies and I'm not saying that's something that we're going to say go and make prayer buddies from the front of church but I'm saying that actually I think there is something in praying with one another and going and walks and praying together and actually I wouldn't be surprised if God starts stirring that naturally among the church we give ourselves to praying and seeing his kingdom coming a quote by Timothy Keller uh, commenting on the life of Jesus. Uh, uh, I just think this is really helpful. It says this, the infallible test of spiritual integrity, Jesus says, is your private prayer life. Jesus Christ taught his disciples to pray, healed people with prayers, denounced the corruption of the temple worship, which he said should be a house of prayer and insisted that some demons can cast, be cast out only through prayer. He prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears and sometimes all night. The Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him as he was praying. And he was transfigured with divine glory as he prayed. When he faced his greatest crisis, he did so with prayer. We hear him praying for his disciples and the church on the night before he died. And then petitioning God in agony in the garden of Gethsemane, finally he died praying. Jesus's life was punctuated with prayer. I know that I long, when I get to heaven, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to say that to us if we have walked in his will. And we know part of his will, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, walk in rejoicing, walk in thanksgiving, be continuous in prayer. OK, but, but don't hear me wrong. Prayer isn't something that is added on to life. It's actually communion with God It's what we're called to. We're, we're called to walk and talk with God. So I think if we want to impact the world around us. We need to live a life of communion with God as Jesus modeled for us. And this does come with sacrifice, but actually. The whole Christian life is sacrifice, isn't it? Because we know that Jesus went to the cross for us, but he also says, if you're to follow me, you need to take up your cross daily and follow me. So it's hard, it's challenging, but also He says that I give you all spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. He says that you are now seated in heavenly places with me in Christ Jesus. He says you are now children of light. He says that we can now call one another brothers and sisters, that we are now one family together. He says now my peace may be in you. Now my joy may be in you. There's a Bible verse, I think it's it's in 1 Peter, and it talks about, the, the church being full of inexpressible joy, and and uh, Timothy Keller says that, that he read that and it struck him, and he was he was it was one of the motivations for him growing in his prayer life. It's like I'm not filled with inexpressible joy. I, I there is something missing from my life. Um, Timothy Keller, like him and his wife, went through a really difficult time together, uh, and that was the motivation really for the change in, in him giving himself to growing in prayer. And this, was, this wasn't this was at the beginning of his ministry. This was a bit of a way in. And he says that it took two years of giving himself to prayer deliberately before he said that he could see noticeable fruit. Uh, and that was full of highs and lows. And he says that the highs, because he he can com- it's actually what god calls us to actually he really grew in his relationship with god in his uh spirituality he really grew through it and he said and lows, because actually there's nothing that exposes you more than your prayer life and actually there were so many things that just got exposed in his heart that were painful and difficult to walk through but god god used it and brought life he pressed through these it says it, and this is quoting him he said the result was a spiritual liveliness and strength that this Christian minister for all my preaching had not had before so Timothy Keller is a great preacher of the word he's a great theologian Uh, God's used him in so, so many ways he's great at taking even complex spiritual ideas or complex biblical truths and making them accessible to people and And I I know personally, I find that when I'm preaching, just studying the Bible gives so much benefit to me, so much vitality to me in my life. And yet he, he says that actually for all his preaching, he's grown most in spiritual liveliness and strength through praying, through giving time to prayer. That's been the biggest catalyst. That's what he says is of vital importance. He goes on then to say, prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think it's a challenge that we have, this this call to prayer and fasting. I say, I, I think God is with us. I think just looking back over this month I can see God's hand with us his joy and his delight in us as a church as we've been responding and wanting to grow in this and I just feel that God would say that now as we we give ourselves to this the vital importance of prayer and growing in it together it will be a journey but he is with us he is a good shepherd he leads us he guides us and and there will be eternal fruit to come of it so I hope that you feel stirred in your heart this morning, to, to that, that, that God is speaking to us, that God wants to reach our town through us, but also he wants to draw us deeper. He wants to draw us deeper. And like I say, part of that is actually, one, we hold firmly to him. Two, we deliberately pursue prayer, but we, we do that together. It's a culture of prayer that God is looking for us to grow in as a church. So please do not feel isolated off the back of this morning. Please do not feel, I can't do that. I, I struggle with prayer or anything like that. We, we all struggle. It's all difficult. But I feel like God saying the way forwards is to work this out together in community. So I encourage you in your growth groups, maybe reflect on this. Maybe talk about what are the rhythms of prayer in your life. As I say, that's not. I'm not just saying you at home, uh, but I'm saying actually, what what do, do you? you it would be lovely to see more people at the prayer meeting before the, on the Sunday morning before the service starts. Um, but but there there are different opportunities to pray, aren't there? To pray alone and to pray together. And God is causing us to grow in this. And it's not a case of just writing out a list of this is how we're going to do it. But I think there is something where we we do need to respond in faith and say, actually, God, what is the next step for us? What is this next step for us and how do we walk in this as we move forwards? So let, let me just pray for us. God, I thank you that you are with us. Lord, it, it excites me the thought that of what Timothy Keller was saying, Lord, just that actually in terms of spiritual life, spiritual life and vitality and, and growing, that prayer has been vital for him in that. And so, Lord, it excites me to, see, to, to think, God, how much more of you are we going to see? How much deeper of you are we going to taste as we give ourselves to prayer? We thank you for your call to this. And we trust you, Lord, that as we give ourselves to working this out in your strength, holding firmly to you, that you will bring the growth. Lord, because we know if we just try and do it in our own strength, Lord, that it will fail. But actually, Lord, as we look to you, we can trust you to bring the growth. Come and move upon us, stir our hearts. We pray. Help us to glorify you and see our town. Our town meet you, Lord. Let, let our town, be, let your kingdom come in our town. Lord, because that's what we're looking for, the fruit of your kingdom to come in our town and many to know you. Thank you, God. Amen.